my voice is a little bit yeah, weak. Kind of work on it, so you'll, you'll have Rachmanus. Okay. Um, when this is the continuation of a series that I've been giving in the afternoons that I think a lot of you are going to, but not all of you are going to. You don't have to. Um, so those of you who have not been here, sort of, this is the middle, and you'll forgive, you'll forgive it, the lack of background. But um, when we last left our heroes, um, we completely got over our hang-ups and having what they have in the assimilated Galatia Western world, this thing called girlfriends. Right? That's clearly not an option for any, any nice, uh, clean-cut Jewish boy. Um, and we're, we're purely in the realm of Shiduchim. And we defined a little bit about what Shadchanus is. It's a simon in the Shulchan Aruch. Remember this? It's a simon in the Shulchan Aruch. Um, meaning, and, and everybody has Shadchanus. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the old <coughs> Yenta matchmaker figure from Fiddler on the Roof, um, but some kind of a go between. Unless, literally, <coughs> you did this one on your own, which is, I tried to make the case in our last class, not advisable. Um, usually young people are pretty naive and looking for all kinds of things <coughs> all kinds of things that are not really uh, the things to be looking for in, in marriage um, and you know you have to look at marriage as something that <coughs> you're a part of a whole system you know most people the western world is just divorced from reality this whole idea of falling in love and it's just been, it's between me and her and she and me and, and all the rest of that but you know it's not just about you and her. And to think like that is, is the height of selfishness, no? I mean, you know, you, you both come from families. Hopefully, hopefully you have a family connectedness. You have an obligation to keep it out of the aim. So whoever you marry affects your parents. It affects your siblings. If you have younger siblings, so, you know, who you marry may actually determine who, who may or may not look at them. Um, we're in the process of shidduchim with our eldest right now. And, you know, when you get a resume, of, uh, of, of, let's say, you know, we, we have these resumes of these young men. So, I don't know. I don't know anything about the guy, right? I mean, it'd be nice if it came with a picture. Sometimes they do ours. So far, usually, they don't come with pictures. Um, but one of, the little, one of the clues that you get about what kind of a person they are, what kind of family they come from, is you look, oh, you know, they have siblings. And this one has siblings with certain people married. And then you see what the married siblings are doing. And that gives you some insight into the family. Clearly, it's not the whole picture, but it's, it's something to go on. So, but, you know, if that's true, then what you do really does have an impact and, and, and an influence on other people. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, all of our decisions impact other people. We're not just in little bubbles. And especially in Judaism, we realize we're part of a community. Yeah, go ahead, Julie. Do the parents see the resume before like, the daughter does? So if, here's where, and this, I guess it's a good, it's a good this is a starting point. This is, this is what I have where we left off last time. Um, this partly varies from culture to culture. There are differences between different Sephardi communities, and when I say Sephardi communities, that also groups lumps together lots of disparate, uh, different societies. Yemenite is different than Moroccan, which is different than Persian, and, and, and on and on and on, and Ashkenazim have various different minhagim as well. Hasidic is very different than Litvish. Um, let's take the, I think on a spectrum, I think it's reasonable to say, generally, Hasidis, Hasidim um, have a, have a, in a certain way more pronounced way of doing things. Generally, the parents do a lot. I mean, ideally, everybody's parents will do a lot, but they do maybe more than most, um, and they have scoured this scene. They've, they've researched, they've gone on far and wide, they, 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 they know everything there is to know before there even, is even a havamina of a first date. Um, by the time they get to the first date, both families, in theory at least, know so much in detail about the other one that it's almost like the dating is pro forma. 
It's almost like an afterthought uh, because you basically know now you're now you're dating to see is there chemistry? Can I really talk to this person? Is it really? Sometimes you get on paper what the theory the theory of the person, but when you meet the person up front, right? So it's not at all what you expected. So those are those are all those are all things to consider. Um, in certain Hasidic circles, more in Israel than in, in the states, but not 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 necessarily. Um, they'll meet, um, and uh, we know people who. Um, they went on their first date, and 45 minutes later, they were engaged. Okay, that's that's one model. Uh, that's not I'm, I'm part of what you would call the litfish world. So they go on more dates. How many dates? Um, Rav Shach, in addressing this exact question, um, you know, he says he says to go out. Where do I have this here? He says. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's Sa'ar Rebbe said, no more than two or three meetings. Okay, Rav Shach said, three, three times is the best, no more than five. Um, he says, again, because most of the research is done by the time you get to the first date. And then there's clearly, uh, there's, there's longer. People who take longer, in more modern circles, uh, one dates longer. Um, that's simply, that's, that's, a cultural, that's a cultural reference. Uh, and then what you're looking for in dating on a certain level... On a certain level, what you're looking for in dating is, um, you know, you see compatibility, but there is a possibility, at least in theory, of dating too much. Meaning, I'll, I'll quote a piece from my, I have a 10, maybe I'll do this now. I'll give these out now, why not? I was going to hold these for later on, um, and I, I won't exhaust these now, but uh, the, this, this class is going to continue um, later this afternoon. But I have, this is not at all magical. It's just what I've come up with over the years, and I even uh, just refined it recently. It was previously a 15-point checklist, and now I've gotten it down to, to, to 10 points. Um, I'll keep working myself. Um, 10 points. Um, not that I've gotten rid of the other points, I just re- I reshuffled them. Um, but these are this is a checklist, not of things to look for in a girl, but things to consider while you're dating. Um, make, make sure you cover these are major issues. So I'm jumping to number three, even though number one is more important. I'll go, I'll go down at, at, at another time. But jumping down to number three, um, some of this stuff may be self-evident. Others require my explanation. You won't understand what I wrote here. They're my own teaching notes. Uh, and you can make your own notes on your own um, pages. Did I did I not make enough of these? <clears throat> there should be about enough for the people present. I think I made about twenty copies. Um, if not, share. And I'll, and if you if you didn't get, I can certainly make more. The um, number three is a big deal, and I'll I'll have to back up and explain. The um, quoting Revolbi writes this. In Revolbi is the author of the Ali Shore. Shlomo Volbi, familiar name. Blank stares all around. Um, Rav Shlomo Volbi, um, actually his yeshiva is right over there, right across the way on, um, on Ol Yosef Street, number 17, that I remember because Yosef was 17 when he was sold to slavery. He, he, he died, was that? No, no, the, uh, Rav Shlomo Volbi wrote um, a number of works. The most famous, arguably, is the Ali Shore, which is a great work of Musser. He was considered in his time in the 20th century one of the, pre, if not the preeminent Balmusser of the generation. And he wrote, let's say, a less known, are you familiar with this, Rav Steyer, The Little Countries for Chassanim? Rav, Rav Volby wrote, it's a major basis of, when I, whenever I learn with Chassanim, when I talk about this topic, it's fantastic, typically and predictably from Rav Volby, 
deep and realistic and probing, and um, it's you, you can't buy it in bookstores. It's a little contrast, meaning like a little um, little pamphlet, more than a pamphlet. Maybe it's like a little booklet for that goes about 30, 35 pages. Um, and he didn't sell it. He didn't want everybody learning it. He wanted you, if you were serious, and only he also only intended it for people once they were engaged to be married, because he he had the assumption. I, I didn't say this before. There's an assumption that these matters in yeshivas are not discussed until young men become engaged. And the idea is that, maybe not in our, maybe not in the circles of Derek per se, but let's say in more yeshivish circles, the guys are not dating, and they're not involved with girls, and they're not thinking about any of these topics, so why clutter their minds, uh, with, which are focused more on learning 24-7, with such issues, they might lead towards distraction, understandably. Um, I take a cue from Rav Willig at YU, Rav Willig Shlita, who spoke here a few weeks ago. He teaches these topics at YU with the reasonable assumption that guys are involved with girls and are plenty distracted as is. So in fact, he's not introducing anything new that uh, people aren't already talking and thinking about. So in which case, what really what Willig's trying to do and what I'm taking a cue and doing as well is trying to elevate our thoughts uh, towards towards love and marriage as we're going. Anyway, back to Rav Right. Ravoli says, The main qualities of people only become, only become clear after marriage. And I would even add parenthetically, I don't know, Rav Steyer, what your opinion on this. seems to me, sometimes 10, 20 years into marriage, your, own, your true self comes out only after time. Um, that's just, I mean, I, I say that autobiographically, but also my, my experience with people as well that um, we don't really know ourselves. We think we do. We delude ourselves into thinking, but we have all kinds. You know we're really complicated, all of us, as individuals? So much going on. Do you ever have the experience of <coughs> saying something and then wondering, where did that come from? You know, where did I get that idea from? How did that come out of my mouth? Because we're, we're, we're multifaceted. We have all these different dimensions, and we don't realize you know, all these different things, and especially when we're living, let's say, not quite real selves. A real self is a self in marriage, but right now you're a single guy. You're 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 leading a selfish existence. Necessarily, it's not your fault, right? Because you're you know you're going about your business. You're learning Torah, hopefully doing a lot of mitzvahs. Hopefully, uh, you're also maybe running to the corner store for whatever you need down there and doing a bunch of other things. Maybe going for a jog around the block, playing some games, going and hanging out, doing whatever you do. Right? Those are mostly self-focused issues. How you'll be in a dyad when you have a significant other? Totally new phase in life. How could you possibly know? And don't think that just because you had a girlfriend, if you had a girlfriend once, that that's any experience, that that gives you any sense of what it is to live in mutuality with another person, with a, with, with a wife. Because it's, it's, that's, as we, I, I made this argument in an earlier class, that's playland. That's not real. Um, this, is the, this is the real reason. So let me, let me just connect the dots now, and then you'll ask your question. So again, I don't know myself. I'm clueless. You know, who am I? Who am I going to be? I'm, there's going to be all kinds of stuff that comes out that's going to surprise me. She is the same. She also doesn't know herself. So you're basically taking two totally clueless people, put them in the room together and say, you know, shidduch, go date, go do your thing. Shkoyach, great. What are you looking for in a marriage? I don't know. I don't even know myself. How can I even know what I'm looking for? And the whole thing is like looking in the dark. You know, how do, how do you find anything? So, and then you're supposed to get married. Now, stay with me. In theory, if you're following my train of thought right now, you should be terrified because you're basically clueless in terms of choosing properly for a spouse. But I want to make the argument that punct for exactly the opposite. This is ultimately liberating, this idea, if you, if you stay with me this far. Because the fact that I know very little about myself and I know very little about her and we don't know anything about one another means that 
really it's all up to Kaddish Baruch Hu. This really, number three sends you right back to number one, right? You got to daven like crazy that he, he makes all the Shidduchim anyway. And then what's left for me is to figure out all the rest of the things in the checklist and to put it all together as best I can. But what it does is, and this is where the first word comes in, so, so importantly, relax. Relax. I, I, don't I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Who do you want to marry? It could be this, that. I don't have certain certain factors I'm looking for. But, you know, relax. We're okay. Now, if that's true, what are you dating for? 20, 30 dates. What do you need all those dates for? What you need is to basically (coughs) figure out, does she fit the bill? Are there certain things I'm looking for? Are her mitos okay? What are her personality, her hashkafic issues? And we'll go down that list when when, when the time permits. But, you know, once, once that's out of the way... Then basically we're all left with a major question mark. Is she the right one? Is she not the right one? And what's liberating is to know there is no answer to that question. We, we considered the question before, I think in our last class, when do you know it's the time to start dating? And the answer similarly is more like, I, I don't know. You know, like at some point, at some point. And we said, we said there are different issues. Somebody's the Yitzhahara is overcoming him. Somebody feels like he's got, you know, he knows what marriage is up for. He's, he's prepared. He's ready. He's ready to, to go forward. Good. But there's not exactly a magic moment. There's not a time when you psychologically say, okay, I'm in. Right? Halifai, but it's just not going to work that way. And similarly with marriage. And I'm, again, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you to be relaxed about all this and say, okay, that's, that means I, my attitude should be one of humility and, uh, you know, and, and, Recognizing a Kaddish Baruch who's much greater than me, he has it all worked out, and so I have to go about the business of doing what I can do, evaluate those things that really are most important, most fundamental, and leave the rest to Kaddish Baruch Ooh, I'm so sorry you missed that. That was like a that was like a major thing. So so get me. Uh, that was like a core piece. I, I I usually joke with that line, but that but the last thing was I think is really fundamental. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Eitan. Um, it could be that in today's day and age, a lot of people want to, uh, you know. Unfortunately, there are crazies out there that are... Lots. Ooh, yeah. and sometimes you marry them. Yeah. Scary yeah. stuff. It's true. That's what Shalom, but I'm saying... I mean, you, there are horror stories for people who don't do, the, do their homework. Guy was married. Did I tell this yeah, one? No, I did tell this one recently. Guy was married, and after five kids later, and uh, the, whole, you know, the whole life, married life, and, and a happy Shalom Bais, you know, full of you know, married life. And <laughs> one thing you forgot to check, little details in there. It turned out she wasn't Jewish. Ooh. <laughs> Oops! <laughs> All my kids are going. Uh, and not only was she, she played the role, she was she acted for him. She did the whole thing. I guess she thought that Jewish men were cuter, and uh, she 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 acted well. Okay, you know, you can't fault her, um, right? And then she acted, she acted, and, and and then she wasn't willing to convert either. So he then had this whole life that he had to walk away from. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. So it's probably a good idea to do your homework, huh? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tell me, what's your question? That, that was. All right, that was your question. I don't know. Can't you picture this nowadays? The world's crazy. There's so many things going on out there. Whoever is. I, I mean, I'll, I'll. You know, you know, I worked. I worked. I'm a, I'm a therapist. I have a private practice. For several years, I worked in Harnof. And what used to be our sister, or Sameach's equivalent in Harnof is Neve Yushalayim. And in Neve Yushalayim, in the, the schools and things that, that exist over there, they have a clinic called the Family Institute for Therapy. All kinds of diversified therapy, people who need. It's, a lot of them it's subsidized. Anybody needs therapy, I can recommend it. They have, they have excellent people who work there, I think. 
I haven't been there in a little while, but most people are pretty good. Um, anyway, I was involved, I was in what was called the Domestic Violence Division, which meant the hardcore cases. Um, and we saw some hair-raising cases, just horrific. You can't imagine how evil people can be. No, maybe you can. But, I mean, it was just, it was... It was these, are, these are from people, I'm assuming. Well, what is from me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from in the sense of, like... Like they walk the part, talk the part, look yes. the part? Yeah, yeah sometimes. Well, every now, I mean, usually people who go to the Neve clinic are by self-selection. They're probably from on the spectrum, whatever "from" means. But again, I saw like cold. There are terms for abusers, for example. This is in the, in the secular world. They have different terms. They have there's one term that they call the um, the cobra. The cobra. The cobra. Right, as you know, like the name. That's that's the that's the implication. The cobra is the type who's slippery. He's 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 a charmer. He'll he'll um, he'll talk his way around everybody, and um, and then he'll murder her. Right, for example. Um, I know I know of what I'm saying. A guy who like is just smooth, and everybody loves him. He's charismatic, and everybody's on his side, and so on. And then you know, one day he murders his wife. He's a smooth operator. That's the cobra. That's the cobra. In one instance, there was the guy who fits this profile of the cobra. One instance, the guy the guy. Um, beat up his wife and then at one point was incarcerated for, for, for wife abuse and went, was mandated to go for therapy. He did so extraordinarily well in therapy. By the end of the therapy, the therapist said, um, he's so good, he should be the therapist. Because the personality is like that. He's brilliant, he's smart, he gets it, he knows. Right? He's just a smooth talker. He had no, um, the cobra is also somebody, we call him a psychopath. In other words, there's no moral meter going registering up there. Nothing matters. It's all about his getting ahead. Uh, we know personalities like this. And um, after he graduated from therapy, he then murdered his wife. And it was completely cowed, completely deceived the therapist. You know, he graduated therapy, some, some therapist. But honestly, you know what? In, in, in humility, sometimes even good therapists can be cowed by. And such people are more charming than the best sharpest, most intuitive therapists sometimes can, cannot understand who they're looking at. Um, I, when I left, I worked for several years, and I worked with really top people, our supervisors, an excellent, sharpie uh, personality, and I looked at, and, and some of these people are grandparents, and they've married off their kids, and hopefully, that kind of goes together, hopefully, uh, they're from, and um, they, um, and I said, how, how, now, having seen all the things that we've seen, and I've spared you a lot of the stories, I can tell them at another time if you're interested, um, having seen some of the stuff that we've seen, how do you ever marry off any of your kids? It's really Eitan's question. Like, how do you know what you're getting into? And um, my supervisor said, it was a woman, she's a rep, and her husband's a big rob. Um, she said, uh, she said, Yidavin. Because, and, and she's somebody who could just, I mean, she's so perceptive. You know, certain personality, people have an intu intuition. It's, it, she's so perceptive. We would say her cases, and she would more times than not give us you know, sharp insights. This is a this, and this is a this. She knew exactly what was going on with these cases. But she said, how do you know? You don't know. And that, that comes, comes full circle to, the, to number three again. You relax, and you realize, to some degree, you do your research, you do your homework, you dive in a lot, and you don't know. And therefore, that kind of frees you. And then to go on endless dates, unless there's really an issue. Sometimes, I mean, it's case by case. I don't want to give, this is not a formula. So you know, it, it, there may be issues, maybe certain things you have your doubts about, and, and the data will actually help you clarify those doubts. I could see it. But in most cases, it's just, it's just um, I'll say something about decisiveness. This is not just with dating, but here's an assertion. It's my theory. You can take me on, but I think this is true. Um, indecisiveness is usually a product of immaturity. 
mature people realize everything is in Kaddish Baruch's hands except for fear of heaven my job is that fear of heaven is to make moral decisions to the best of my ability try as best I can to figure out what's the right thing to do and to go weiter is my decision perfect will I live happily ever after don't know might I suffer because of my decision could be don't know but a mature person realizes I don't know I gotta make a leap of faith and then I gotta work really hard to try to make it work that's maturity a lot of people, and I think this is really a product of modernity, a lot of people are perpetual adolescents. They never grow up. And part of that's reflected in indecisiveness. And you see people in dating sometimes. I don't know, I think so, maybe. At some point, the expression is to take the plunge. At some point, you have to take the plunge. And that's what it is. That's a good metaphor, really, for what I'm describing here. It is a plunge. You don't know. So you, 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 then, okay, then you do your, you do your research, and, and, and we go by there. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. First on this, can you say that being indecisive, you can just worry. It's such a major part of your life. And like you said, you don't really know. It's not a light decision. I'm agreeing. And I, I, my whole introduction to this class was people you know, take hours and hours of driver's ed in order to get a driver's license. I think that's correct. Don't get me wrong. But any, any old joke gets, gets married. Right? Anybody, anybody, can just, uh, anybody can just get married and people are not prepared. So there is a certain amount that you should do to prepare. But in our, uh, there's the, the opposite extreme. I'm going to pick on America again because it's so easy to pick on the American culture. The, um, there's something in America, it's not just America, it's the Western world, but Americans are really extreme about this, that is a gaiva, it's a delusion that they think that they can plan out their whole life and like it all worked out. I got the savings, got the college fund, got everything all worked out. I know exactly where I'm going to go to, grad, to, to undergrad and graduate school. I got the car and the two cars in the garage and I know exactly which dog we're having, how many kids. I know which gender the kids are going to be. I got it all planned ahead. I got all the medicines for any, any possible sickness that I could have. And, and it, that's too extreme. That doesn't give much, that doesn't show much, reflect much bitachon, that everything's really in the Kodesh Baruch's hands. He plays it out. So that's also lousy. On some level, you have to realize most of these things are not in my hand. After doing the responsible, uh, and that's what we're talking about now, what are, the, what are the preliminary responsible things that I have to do? After I do that, at one point, I got to just move on. Oh, and that's maturity. At one point, but I'm saying... Everyone Not gets cold feet. Everyone. Fair enough, and sometimes it's legitimate. That's another reason why this whole Western paradigm, this whole model of just me and her making decisions—you are clueless. You're an immature brat. Not you, but I'm saying people are immature brats. <laughs> what do they? What do they know about anything? Of course, talk to your parents. If your parents, if your parents are messed up because that that happens too. So talk to your rabbis and talk to educators and talk to people. Talk to older siblings or older peers. Um, sometimes they're mentors. You can have uh, in, 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 in I know I know there was an older woman who was invaluable to the Rosens as they went through the they, they just married their daughter just got married and there was an older woman who who actually in a certain way because she's she's he described her as she's she's 27 going on 50 she's wise beyond her years but 27 is also very useful because sometimes if you're too old you don't relate to the youth anymore so sometimes it's nice to have a combination of the two find somebody find people multiple people and take 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 counsel it's not. Uh, men have a problem going for advice because then it like undermines our masculinity, right? No, we have a hard time asking asking. This is you know men and women really driving. Where, you know the whole stereotype. Women they pull over and they ask for directions. Men, no, no, I'll find it. I'll get there. It's fine. But an hour later, could you just pull over? No, no, we'll get there. So I'm almost I almost got it figured out. It's great. We're almost there. Yeah, men have a hard time asking. But it's it's a good show of a little humility to say, yeah, I don't really know everything. Maybe I'll take counsel. You know. 
Um, you have to, let's say you're like not religious and then become religious. Um, and like then you do shit off, but you have like a past that would match up with the personality of the person that you're doing, that you're dating or doing this process with. Yeah. So do you have to tell them that? Um, well, that's number eight. And they're probably no. That's number well. eight. How much to divulge? So you're asking the question, I'll give you an answer. So we're not going to go in order on this list, that's fine. Um, I would say like this, it depends. There are certain secrets that are in the past, aren't relevant anymore, will not come out in the, co- the course of your marriage, and then Chazal teach, Ashrei HaMechasesod, happy is the one who covers up the secrets, referring to those kinds of secrets. That bringing them out right now is simply unproductive and, and possibly dam- damaging. So those kinds of things, you know, a guy used to smoke up. He's a Baljuva now. It just doesn't do that. It's just not part of his life anymore. It might make her disrespect him. It might uh, impinge on the Shalom Bais. Why bring it up? Maybe, as an example. On the other hand, there's certain things that are in us that you don't necessarily bring up on the first date, maybe not even on the third date, but at one point, if they're relevant to marriage, they have to come out. Like what? Well... There are a few examples. I mean, this is shocking, but I know that they're, they're, this is well known, that they're heter. I mean, I knew, I knew a woman with this heter. Um, older women have a harder time with marriage, and we could debate what they call the marriage crisis. I'm also not convinced that it's really a crisis. I think, I think everything's up. If everything's in Kaddish Baruch Hu's hands, then he's decided who's going to get married and who's not, so then it's not a crisis. Because if, if those older women are not married, then I guess that's what Hashem wanted, that they're not supposed to be married. But there is an unmistakable dynamic in the world that there are more women than men. There are more women who want to be married than men because of, I think I'm quoted by that, I've been saying it so many times, Tav Lumetav Tandu Lumetav Armalu, the right, Rachel Akish, women want to be in any marriage, men don't. We talked about that extensively in last class. Um, and, so, and so there are more women who want to be married, but, um, okay, I completely talked myself out of, out of my original thing. Where am I going with this? I'm still on this. I'm secrets. Oh yeah, what to tell? You. This, you know, I'm still on secrets. But if it is relevant, if it's relevant. Oh, oh, I know. I was giving the example. Yeah. So this, this she got yeah, it. She was, she was 42, and therefore um, most people, many people, were not willing to look at, look at her. Even people, let's say, even a 45 year old man wouldn't consider going out with a 42 year old woman. And you think, oh, that's unfair. It's prejudice, maybe. But it's also there's something to that. A woman, unlike a man, has a more finite biological clock. If she's 42, the likelihood of her having children is, is, is exponentially less. And as a result of that, um, he may not be Makayim, his huge mitzvah Puravu, if he marries her. So you can understand why a 45-year-old might not want to marry a, a 42-year-old woman. She was given a heter to lie and say that she was 38. You ever heard such a heter? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard It's it. very well known. And the, 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 the svara for it is, of course, it's only on condition that somewhere down the line she divulges the truth and she explains why she said it. Why did she say such a thing? Because there are people who, when you're first deciding who you're going to go out with in the, in the first place, knowing that she's 42 was disqualifying. You'd never get past stage one to even meet her. But when you meet her, you see she's an amazing human being and totally compatible with me and all the rest of that. And then after the fact, you know, after you, after you see what a compatible shidduch this, this is, then you reconsider 42, 38. It's not such a big difference. Let's get married. And in fact, she did get married. And they do have a daughter. Right? So Baruch Hashem, in that particular case, it, it, it ended very well. But there are things like that that maybe might be disqualifying to the shidduch process, at least in the beginning of the shidduch process. That you might, um, medical conditions. 
medical conditions that could affect the marriage, you know, like fertility kinds of issues, for example, but many others as well, or, um, you know, prognosis of early death. That kind of influences a marriage, no? Uh, and things like that, that again, on the, uh, you know, that it's probably something early on you're going to want to bring out because some people will not get married to you even if everything else is compatible. And, and like, what about them? Previous relationships may or may not be. These are all discussable. It depends. It depends. A person, a Balchuva might have any number of these kinds of skeletons in the closet. How about um, she was, uh, let's say, a Balashuva and uh, wants to get married to a Cohen? Is that one of the most common shilas in a Balchuva yeshiva? Right, because if she's cohabited with certain kinds of people, uh, that would disqualify her halachically for marrying. And if she doesn't divulge that, then she's causing a major transgression for the Kohen. It's his obligation, by the way, if he's going to marry a Kohen, no Kohanim here, but if you have friends who are Kohanim, um, to know that, uh, to, 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 you have to check out a Balas Chuva very, very carefully. In the modern world, she went to university. Uh, scary. No? That's not scary to you? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, shouldn't you be like not forced? Shouldn't you say anything that, like you said, if a husband tells his wife, like, oh yeah, I used to smoke up, and she'd lose respect, then yeah, I mean, tell her. Otherwise, it's like, uh, I'm saying, you're deceived. Maybe. You're a certain person. You right. Maybe so. Would you Maybe have so. a lot of lie I, about I your think age, there's a lot of subjectivity. It would make a difference. I think there's a lot of subjectivity say. to these questions. I'm agreeing with you in some cases. Wait, However, if you're somebody, again, let's, maybe that's true. And maybe you're somebody who just, you're, you're, I mean, I'm kind of like this too, so I identify with the question. I'm just an honest guy. I, 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 I if, you, if you want to keep a secret, don't tell me. I'm the worst secret keeper. I don't want to keep secrets. I don't, I don't like that stuff, right? But okay, so then you have to be open and learn to be open and it means you have to do it. But, you know, how about this guy? Imagine, consider, consider this, this former student of mine. Who um, was? I mean, I mean, he didn't just smoke up. He shot up. He, he did all kinds of things, and um, and then he became like a really sincere Valchuva, starker than Stark, and um, and he really wanted to marry an Edel Bastaira type, in an Edel very sweet, very very refined Bastaira type, who just and, and he was appropriate for that sector, and that would be a good match for him. But then divulging that past for her would be disqualifying. But it's not him anymore. He's completely moved beyond that. So that decision is hers. It is. It is. But, the, but, but that may be okay. So there are both. That's what I go back to the the, the so. Chazal say Asher may it pertain to him. If that stuff is totally in the past, it plays no role in the life. It will never come out, and it would disqualify him from marrying his b'sher, the one he's supposed to marry. And we haven't talked about the concept of b'sher yet. We'll get to that hopefully this afternoon. Um, but uh, but that could be an example of, of something that would not reveal that secret. Um, yeah, go ahead. Mayor, last question. Um, the whole, um, you know, you say that yeah, you told us uh, last class or a couple classes ago how uh, when it comes when the the shit starts like before they actually start dating, families find out stuff about each other. Pretty much, they almost know everything about the background. Yeah. So how does that practically happen? I don't know. It's so hard. <laughs> no, no, seriously, seriously, because we're doing it right now, right? So, because people often, you know, we'll have these long conversations. We even have our checklists of questions that we ask, you know, that we go through. And at this point, I know it by heart mostly, but with things we're asking. But often, it depends on the person you're talking to. You know, some people, and they're people, they're human, we're, we're dealing with human, the human factor here. So, you know, some people will whitewash everything. Oh, they're amazing. How do they look? Oh, they're so good looking. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, and, 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 oh. 
you know, then you know, it's happened to us on a couple of occasions that, you know, that's not the way it is. Come on, they're not that bright. They're not that good looking. You know, like whatever, things that are more objectively clear. But that, um, these things are so, with, when it comes to good looking, if somebody asks you that question, this is Hilchos Lashon Hara. Learn this of Chavos It's really the discussion of the second paragraph of Subos. Kate said Baraki Lifnei Akala. Anybody know this Sugya? Kate said Baraki Lifnei Akala is a machlokus Hill Shammai about this. How, how? What should you tell? What, what about what, an, what about an objectively ugly bride? What do you say to her Hassan? So according to Beis Hill, you say you say Kala Naav Chasuda. Kate said Baraki Lifnei Akala is based on that Mishnah. That Sugya there, right? You know the song, no? No, really? It's beautiful, beautiful. Anyway, she's na'ava chasuda. She's beautiful. She's, she's pleasant, and, and her chesed uh, uh, shines through. But she's uglier than, than, than a doorknob. She looks terrible, right? Uh, how, do you, how do you say that? So the answer is, the Teirut in the Gemara is, in the chasen's eyes, his kala is very beautiful, suggesting, and really this is true, there's a lot of subjectivity to looks. So if you, answering questions, trying to get background check, you know, say, oh, she's kind of plain, she doesn't look good, but maybe to his taste, he would be attracted to her. Who's to say? So those kinds of questions, you do want to be careful, <coughs> but then coming back from our perspective, trying to gather information, we sometimes feel really like our hands are tied. We don't really feel like we always get the, the full scoop. Um, I, I increasingly meet, meet them. I meet after I meet the young men, and then I feel like I have a better sense before my daughter even goes out with him. Friends, neighbors, friends on the resume. Typically, they list several people that you can go to. But in addition to that, you try to do your own background yeah, references. Right, exactly. You have references. But in addition to that, you try to find. I mean, the Jewish world is relatively small. The the line is that um, really there are only eighteen Jews in the world, and the rest they do with mirrors. Uh, the Jews were pretty small, so you tend to know people who know people, and then you, it's always better when you know somebody you can trust and you can really talk to them and get get the scoop. Um, we're in the middle of a lot of different things, but I kept you over time. So, Bezras Hashem, uh, anybody who's able to, I know not all of you are capable, but anybody will, continue, will pick up here. Um, if you don't want to hold on to these sheets, pass them back to me. Okay?